0: Hey y'all, welcome to the Southern Wife podcast, where we talk about the real things and dive into what God has for us. I'm your host, Michaela Hansen. I hope you feel known, loved, and seen here. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to the episode of The Southern Wife. Y'all, I cannot believe that this is our sixth episode. To think that this just started as a dream, as a, oh, maybe one day. And then I just started it, and I just cannot believe that we're at our sixth episode. That means we've been doing this for over a month. That is amazing. Well, today I want to talk about fighting perfectionism and the pressure to prove. I am what I call, and I have heard other people call themselves this too, so I know it's not just me, a recovering perfectionist. Now you might hear that and be like, uh, that's the most weird thing I've heard. Recovering perfectionist? That's not a thing. Well, let me explain a little bit. So growing up, I was a perfectionist, I wanted everything I did to be perfect. I'm a creative, I love creating things. I'm a singer-songwriter, so I make songs. I'm a writer, so I write um, stories and my experiences with the Lord. And I also do hand lettering. So I, um, if you know what hand lettering is, it's just where you write quotes on paper and stuff, but you write it in a certain way. So I create a lot of things. And I grew up creating, and if it wasn't perfect, I threw it in the trash, And I would keep some things that weren't perfect, but I was not happy with them. It actually angered me in my core because it wasn't perfect. Now, perfectionism, I believe, has a root. Sorry, burping. And that root, in my opinion, is control. I have seen that in in my life. So let me explain a little bit more. Control is where you want to control what's around you. You want to control what you're doing. And if you can't control, you feel a little crazy. And think about it. Think about the, the connection between control and perfectionism. Perfectionism is where, like I said earlier, you want everything you do to be perfect. And if it's not, you feel kind of crazy. You, I felt like I was going crazy when I can't make something that I want to be perfect perfect. And that's when I had to learn, and the Lord began to teach me the hard truth. Not everything I do has to be perfect. I can let go of control and use my imagination, and things that are imperfect are still marvelous and beautiful and full of wonder. But I still don't fully believe it, so... There I was trying to control what I was doing and if it wasn't perfect I was not happy. I was not satisfied and I felt like a failure. I would cri- I would not just critique myself. I would criticize myself and put myself down telling myself I would never I would never get it. I would never make it in whatever world I was trying to live in and whatever dream I had at the time. I would never Make it. I would. I would never make it as as a singer because I couldn't hit that note. I wasn't ever going to make it as a songwriter because this melody wasn't perfect. Well, the truth is, imperfect things are beautiful. Beautiful. One of my favorite quotes that took me forever to like. Literally, it felt like forever. Probably years, I think. It took me probably years to understand what perfectly imperfect meant. Perfectly imperfect, in my opinion, is where something you have in front of you is imperfect. It's flawed. It does not have all its crap together. It has crap, and it's not perfect. But in the Lord's eyes, it's perfect. That's like us, too. God created us perfect in his image. Yet we're kind of flawed. I mean, we make mistakes. We screw up. Things happen. We choose different routes that might not necessarily be the Lord's way in life. But yet he looks at us and still says, You're beautiful. You're full of wonder. You are my masterpiece. Now, if the Lord looks at us that way, and says, you 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 are, are my masterpiece. Why can't we look at what we create and say, that's my masterpiece? It might not be perfect, but it's beautiful. That song I just recorded, it, I might not have hit all the notes perfectly. But it's still beautiful. Why can't we do that? For years, I couldn't. I literally could not. And I found myself... Drowning in perfectionism. And it just made me feel awful about myself. Awful, awful. And then I started to feel more pressure. I started to feel pressure to prove myself. Pressure to prove I can do this thing. I can be this person. I can be the person my parents expect me to be. And I can be the person that all my friends want me to be, and just things like that. That That's what was going through my head. I was so wrapped up in what other people's opinions were of me that I forgot to think about what God said about me. I got so wrapped up in what, in what people thought about me that I didn't even think twice about what the Lord said until I did. And when I did, finally— Point my direction in my listening ears to the Lord and stop being stupid. I heard beautiful things and they shocked me because it just was a breath of fresh air. It was, wow, I don't have to be perfect. Wow. I mean, and especially in high school, I did, I worked my booty off in high school and I still only graduated, graduated with a 2.8 GPA. Um, In most high schools, I think it's a 2.0 GPA for passing, so I barely passed. And I felt so bad about that for the longest time. But it was still the greatest accomplishment at that time of my life. Did I have perfect grades? No. Did I go to school with messy hair? Yes. Was I makeup perfect all the time? Was I that girl that got up at 5.30 in the morning and had perfect makeup and hair every single day? No. I tried, but no. I I wasn't. I was not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I'm still beautiful. So why can't we look at things that we create the same way? It's a perspective change. We need need a perspective change. We need to ask the Lord, first of all, why am I fighting perfectionism? And why do I feel like I have to prove myself? Why do I care so much about what people think of me? And then you have to let him guide you down that road. When he tells you the answers, you have to accept them and work on them. You have to be committed to the process or you're going to be right back to where you were. You're going to fall if you don't be committed to the process. So step one is committing to the process. You have to commit to the process. Step two is trying really hard and just believing what he says is true. You have to trust that what he says is true. You have to trust that when you hear someone say you don't have to be perfect you have to trust that you don't have to be perfect and step three is just letting the Lord, it's similar to step one it's letting the Lord guide you down the path but it's letting him grow with you it's it's letting yourself grow in the process too it's putting down the old ideas your old mindset and surrendering to the will of god and surrendering that he has your best interest at heart because he does he knows everything about you and trusting that you don't have to be perfect you don't have to prove anything and that the Lord loves you just as you are. And if the Lord loves you just as you are, that's all that matters. You don't have to prove anything to anyone because he loves you just as you are. And I went through that. I went through that three-step process. Although there was more steps. Um, there it was. Uh, I don't know how to put those in words, though, honestly, because it was jumbled. And it was just like so, looking back, it seems like a jumbled mess, but it was beautiful. It was a hard process, but it was beautiful. Sorry, I'm I'm a little stuffy today. I think my allergies are acting up. Anyways, it was a hard journey, but it was needed. It was needed. And when I got free, I felt really free. I felt so free to literally, like the song says, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free to dance and sing. I felt for the first time I could dance during worship, like at church. And not care what people thought of me. It didn't have to be perfect. I could sing out loud. In church. And not be afraid of what my voice might sound like. I could sing on the worship team that I was a part of. And not be afraid. Of what people would think of me. Instead I was there for the Lord. And I was always there for the Lord. No matter what. But I was there was still a part of me. That. Afterwards, after I got off that stage, because the whole time I was focusing on the Lord. But when I got off that stage, it was, oh, I messed up on that note. I messed up on that harmony. And instantly, I had to choose. Do I listen to that voice of accusation? And sometimes sometimes it was my own own voice of accusation. Or do I listen to the Lord and remember that He loves when I sing to Him? That's what I had to do. But I didn't always do that. Nope, I didn't. As we all, most of us probably have experienced, some point in our lives, the journey of recovery. So now I've told told you a little bit about perfectionism and the pressure to prove. I'm going to be talking about how it was getting the freedom and then walking it out. See, freedom is uh, amazing to get, but it doesn't stop there. You can't get freedom and then just walk away and be like, "Woohoo! I'm free! I don't have to ever steward this, and I don't even—I ha- don't ever have to pay, t- pay attention to it again." No, the truth is, you do. You have to walk out that freedom because that thing that you used to fight every day that thing that that used to have a deep hold on you and had deep roots in your life that the Lord pulled out, that you went went through this extensive process to pull out. Sometimes healings and freedoms are instant, and sometimes they are extensive. Mine was extensive. But after the process, I was free. But I had to walk out that freedom. You have to walk out your freedom. And this is where step uh, one it was. I think being committed to the process, that's where it really comes into play. You have to be committed to not just get the process of walking in freedom, getting freedom. You have to be committed to walking out your freedom. And walking out your freedom means choosing daily to believe the right things. It means choosing daily when that old mindset wants to come back in and goes, knock, 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 I'm knocking on your door. Remember, do you do you remember what? What we thought that last year, remember when you were on that stage at, when you were eight years old, remember when you were on that stage at choir rehearsal and you sung a note wrong and you froze up? Remember that? Remember how you could not sleep sleep that night because you were so distraught because what you did wasn't perfect? Yeah, you're not perfect. You'll never be perfect. And that's, and you know what? You need to be perfect. You need to be perfect, but you're not going to be. Things like that will come. They're going to come. And you have to say no. You have to say no. You have to make, make it walk away. I literally imagine sometimes like a thought comes up and I imagine as a person knocking on the door and I have to yell, go away. I'm not answering the door. And if it goes away, it has to flee. Darkness has to flee where there is light. And you have authority. You have authority over your thoughts. You have to remember that you have authority over your thoughts. You have authority over what you choose to do. And you have authority over darkness because the Lord gives it to you. And so you have to choose what thoughts you're going to listen to. You have to choose, are you going to go back to the old mindset of you have to be perfect and you have to prove everything to everyone. You have to prove that you're going to be this up, utmost greatest student with every degree that your parents and grandparents want you to have. You have to choose what perspective you're going to see. Luckily the Lord helps us with that. He really does. So after I got the freedom. I had to walk it out. And. Sometimes it was harder than others. Sometimes sometimes I gave back into it. And I was all of a sudden scared of, of what people that might think of me. I'd write a blog. And. I didn't explain something so perfectly. And someone asked me about it and was like, hey, this didn't really make sense. And I'd have to explain it to them. And then after I explained it again, I'd ha- I would feel so bad about myself. And I'd go and change the blog. And I'd re-explain it. Because it wasn't perfect. So there's times like that where I did give back into the old mindset. But the Lord redirected me and put me back on track. He's graceful like that. He's merciful like that. He gives us so much grace. And he'll point us back to where we're supposed to be. As a recovering per- perfectionist, it's a daily choice to choose. It's a daily choice to choose. to so wake up in the morning and be like, what I create is beautiful. I literally have to affirm myself after I create something and say it's beautiful. Literally. I have to remind myself that I'm beautiful and what I create is from the Lord and it's beautiful too. Even if it's not perfect because it doesn't have to be perfect. And I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I am a daughter of the King and he loves me for who I am. And my friends and family love me for who I am. And I have to remember that. It's not as e- as always easy as it sounds, but it gets easier. It gets easier over time, and then one day you're telling your story. At least you should be. Everyone should be telling their story to someone, even if it, even if it's even if it, even if it's a friend. We are free by the word of our testimony, and by the blood of the Lamb. So our t- our testimony is meant to be shared, even if it's to your neighbor or. To one friend sitting next to you. It's meant to be shared. And it will actually bring more freedom into your life. It might even reveal some things that you still need to work on. So yeah, recovering from perfectionism and the pressure to prove is not always easy. Society tells us things that are not necessarily true. Society told me that I have to be the perfect housewife. I have to have the kitchen clean before my husband comes home from work. And I have to do all of, all this, all these things. I have to have my makeup done and a nice outfit on when my husband comes from work. And then when I go to work, I have to do my very best at work, which yes, always do your best. Always do your very best at work. I'm not saying that. And then I have to, and then when I come home, I can't complain. I have to put my wall up and be all proper and act like everything's okay. Heck no. Uh-uh. If I have a hard day, I am telling my husband. We don't have to be perfect. I yes, society painted this picture long time ago. People chose to get into this mindset. And so society is still telling us that we have to be perfect, that we have to be perfect housewives, perfect moms, perfect dads, perfect um, house dads, whatever your job is. And we have to be the best. We have to be absolutely the best. And if we're not the best, we're nothing. That is a horrible mindset. You are where you are for a reason. You are where you are for a purpose. Do I want to be a nanny my whole life? No. But am I grateful Grateful that I have a job? Yes. Am I perfect at my job all the time? No. I get frustrated with the kids. It's true. I do. But I can't. I mean, I don't take it on them. I promise I do not. But I get frustrated. I mean, yes, I do. I get frustrated when I don't feel good and I feel pressure to do the dishes, even though my husband puts no pressure on me, but, but society has. So I feel that pressure of society. In those moments, I have to choose what mindset I'm going to believe. I have to choose that I don't have to be perfect, that I can come home and I can tell my husband about my hard day. And he will hold me and console me and tell me it's perfectly okay. We can go to bed with a messy house. That's okay. That's really okay. The dishes will be there tomorrow. But the moments we have together are more important than having a clean house. Those three hours at night that we have together when he gets home from work and I do too, those three hours that we get before we both have a day off together, that's precious time. I'd rather have a messy house and be in my pajamas in a messy bun, not looking perfect. Well, not looking perfect in society's eyes. And by perfect, by not looking perfect, I mean not, have, not having my makeup done and my hair all pretty. Not all curled and straightened or whatever. That's what I'm talking about when I say perfect. Just a quick disclaimer. It's okay to be a mess sometimes. We're still beautiful. Life is still Marvelous. And wonderful. But there's days I have to remind myself of that. And there's days I have to remind myself, it's okay to go to bed with a, ho- with a messy house. It's okay that when I have a hard day, I come home and I'm not so okay. Don't hide your feelings just because you think that you, that you need to look Perfect, and you need to be this image of who you want to be in your mind. Don't put a wall up; it's the worst thing you can do. Vulnerability is perfectionism's enemy. And when I started recovering from from perfectionism, I had to learn how to be vulnerable, and that game right now. So I started and i self-doubted <laughs> i i doubted myself daily i still doubt myself honestly self-doubt is still a, a still one of my enemies and i'm i'm working on it i've made a lot of progress but i'm still working on it but i doubted every single blog post i posted that about being vulnerable about my life i doubted every instagram post every facebook post i doubted it because I still, because perfectionism, perfectionism was still knocking on my door. Sometimes, like I said, it knocks on your what you fought in the past comes back and knocks on your door. And sometimes you tell it to leave, and they and then it comes back a minute later. There's days like that, and it might get discouraging. But you have to continue to tell it no. You have to continue to tell it no and choose to believe the good things. Choose to believe what the Lord says about you. And that's how you get through. That's how you recover from perfectionism. And that's how you fight it. You fight it by letting the Lord guide you. You fight it by realizing it doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter about what anybody else says. I'm going to believe what the Lord says. Because what he says matters. What he says is true. What his word says is true. And as you start to believe that, you'll get more bold. You'll get more bold. You will start to doubt yourself less. You will start to doubt what you create less. You will start to doubt yourself less. And you will start to see, without a doubt, 100% what you create is beautiful, even if it's not perfect all the time. You don't have to be perfect, and you don't have to prove anything. You can be exactly who you are, be exactly where you're at. You can have hard days and talk about them. You can have good days and talk about them. And that's okay too. There will be days where you want to be perfect, but you have to tell it now. You have to tell it. That's okay. What I do doesn't have to, doesn't have to be perfect. I'm 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 gonna try my best. I'm going to do what I do with excellence. I'm going to work with excellence. I'm going to put my heart and soul into what I create. But if it doesn't turn out perfect, that's okay. If I explain something wrong one time, I, I need to explain it better and fix what I messed up necessarily. But afterwards, I can't beat myself up over it. Because if I do, then I really don't truly believe that. What I do do and what I create after working with excellence, it doesn't have to be perfect. But I will say, I will add in, I'm going to wrap up right now, but I will add in that perfection, that the mentality of not having everything you do, having to be perfect can also be an excuse of laziness. So just be careful of the balance of that. Um, to make sure that that does not become an excuse to be like, oh, well, what I do d- doesn't have to be perfect. I can just offhandedly do what I want and be super lazy. No, you still need to, need to work with excellence. The word actually tells us to work with excellence and to represent Jesus in everything we do. And the best way to do that, one of the best ways to do that is to work with excellence. But in the end, if what you create isn't what you envisioned, It's not perfect in your eyes. That's okay. It's still beautiful. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it together all the time. And you don't have to prove anything. All right. I hope this episode encouraged you and gave you a little bit more of insight of who I am and a testimony from me. But I hope you really realize that. You don't have to be perfect all the time. You don't have to prove anything. Next week is going to be a very exciting episode. I have a very special guest, so you definitely want to tune in for next week. And I will see you next Tuesday. Have a blessed day, y'all.